For the first time since joining the Seahawks in 2010, John Schneider is in full command of personnel and coaching. What did he have to say about his new position with Pete Carroll no longer as the coach? We'll be breaking down his press conference and much more on a jam-packed Tuesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings 12. This is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined here on our Tuesday episode by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang, and a special thanks to all the 12s, whether you're listening from Blaine, Washington, or if you're here in Tampa, Florida. I've ran into several Seahawk fans here in Florida with my wife's surgery, so they are literally everywhere. The 12s are awesome. We greatly appreciate your support making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. The Seahawks have a different situation in the front office than they've had since 2009, with John Schneider now taking full command of personnel and coaching decisions. Pete Carroll, no longer the head coach. We're going to be discussing some of the things that John Schneider said today in his press conference at the VMAC, and we'll be taking a look at two candidates that the Seahawks have zeroed in to replace Carroll, one on offense, one on defense. It's going to be a jam-packed Tuesday episode brought your way by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now for your lead story here on our Tuesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. Less than a week after the news broke that Pete Carroll would not be returning as coach for a 15th season, John Schneider met with the media today at the VMAC to discuss a number of topics, but most notably taking the full command of the franchise. He's shared that with Pete Carroll for the last 14 years. It's a different dynamic now as he gets to hire his first head coach. What got the Seahawks in this position? Let's take a listen. John Schneider, how he opened today's press conference looking at the new era that is now going to be coming the way of the franchise. Unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at this, uh, we are all here today uh, because we underachieved in 2023. Uh, we all did. And uh, now we're in a situation where, you know, we all need to get better. And, uh, and um, we understand that uh, the 12s, the fans, uh, the community, uh, Jody, everybody in this building uh, deserves better. Uh, we had high expectations for uh, 2023. You know, we overachieved in 2022, and uh, quite frankly, we, we underachieved in uh, 2023. And uh, I think everybody recognizes that. Uh, but again, it's the time for all of us to look in the mirror uh, in this organization, myself included, obviously, and uh, improve, learn, and uh, move forward. So interesting comments from John Schneider to open that press conference today, Rob. He went right to the heart of the issue. Why is Pete Carroll no longer the coach? And why is there more pressure now on John Schneider? It all revolves around the fact that this team underachieved. They expected better than a 9-8 and record. They expected better than missing the postseason. And even a legendary coach like Pete Carroll 
is going to be in a position where your job is on the line when your team doesn't meet expectations. And that's where the Seahawks are at now. So John Schneider, among many different takeaways today, it's clearly evident that now all of the decisions are going to be on the table for him to make. No longer going to be sharing that responsibility with the head coach. Yeah, that was one one of my biggest takeaways of, of the press conference, Corbin. It was just the fact that uh, you know there were several questions that were lobbed out there by members of the media. I myself was not there. Of course, you weren't there either. But we were still getting a lot of the questions that you and I and all the Seahawks fans out there may have asked. And uh, you know, just because the fact that you know John Schneider basically went out there and. Uh, you know, addressed the shortcomings of this past season head on. And uh, the, the fact that he, throughout several of those questions, he had some somewhat long-winded answers. But I thought that it was also demonstrating just how much he cares, how much he feels like the, the team was disappointing this past season. And the shortest answer was a very simple question of, does he now have uh, the authority um, the basically top of the command when it comes to personnel, regardless of who the head coach that might be hired would be. And he had a one word answer of yes. And so for all of those out there who are wondering if perhaps there's going to be a, a Jim Harbaugh or someone of that uh, magnitude coming to Seattle, um, then I think that any of these head coaches out there who have several different possibilities um, and, and perhaps might want to have the ability to kind of um, rule with the iron fist, who they want to bring onto the roster. Josh Shire made it very clear. It's part of his contract that he is going to have final say when it comes to the coaches and player personnel as well. So to me, again, in a, in a fascinating conversation with the, the brain trust that is the Seattle Seahawks moving forward, John Schneider uh, basically said it's going to be his way or the highway. And given the success that he has helped bring the Seahawks in the, in the past, I'm very excited about what's going to be happening here in the future. And he talked a lot about the coaching search, and we expected that. That is the number one topic right now with the Seattle Seahawks. And John Schneider, this is the first opportunity, as he was talking about today in the press conference. He had a 36-page outline of what he's looking for from a coach when he got to Seattle, and then he realized, oh, wait, they already hired Pete Carroll. And so they had to work out that structure for the two of them to balance power, as Pete Carroll called it. It was a marriage that was a very successful one, but – now John Schneider's got all of those tokens in his corner. He's going to be able to pick the coach that he wants. That pamphlet that he talked about, that 36 pages, I don't know if it exists anymore, but he's likely got that same playbook with some modifications now that he is going to be using. And the things that jumped out to me, some of the terminology, he said that they are going to have a wide net. They're going to be casting a wide net with the coaches that they are looking at. And I'm going to post the list here. These are the interviews that they have requested reportedly. And you want to talk about a wide net. You've got four offensive-minded coaches, four defensive-minded coaches. We'll be talking more in-depth about a couple of these coaches later in the show. But look at the just the variance here. You've got a couple of younger guys like Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick. You've got some older coaches on here that have been around for a while like Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris is not an old coach necessarily, but he's been around the block for a long time. The last time he was a head coach was more than a decade ago. So you've got some seasoned veterans with head coaching experience. You've got a couple guys that are young bucks that only have one or two years as a coordinator that you are looking at, offense versus defensive-minded. So far, they are leaving no stone unturned. But as you mentioned, 
Maybe the one thing that is notable here, you don't have a name like a Jim Harbaugh on here. All of these guys on here, I don't want to say that they're yes men because that's not what you're looking for. But none of these guys are going to be coming in, at least based on what we know at this point. None of them are going to come and say, hey, John, I want to run personnel. Most of these guys haven't even been head coaches up to this point. It's hard to believe that they would be throwing that kind of cloud around trying to get that decision-making power. And so those type of names you're probably not going to see on here. But you do see a lot of variance in the type of coaches, offense versus defense, age, experience. They do have a very wide net that we expect is only going to get bigger as teams get eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, and another one of the, the kind of takeaways from the press conference that I thought was fascinating was um, just this clear directive from uh, Jody Allen as far as the and, and maintaining the the culture that uh, John Schneider and Pete Carroll helped bring to Seattle. So I thought that that was interesting, just a, a focus in uh, on that culture. Um, I thought that it was interesting that uh, he was asked to basically grade Geno Smith, and, and he kind of talked about how it was it was opposite uh, Geno Smith this season. Uh, two years ago, of course, when Geno Smith was the comeback player, voted the comeback player of the year, he started off hot and then fizzled a little bit down the stretch. It was the opposite this year. Um, you know, Geno Smith didn't start off quite as hot, but was playing a good football at the quarterback position. Just about anybody in the NFL uh, as the season went on. And then finally, one last takeaway that I had was there was a great question out there about, you know, does John have a preference for offensive coach, a defensive coach, maybe even a special teams coach. And I kind of thought that maybe his, uh, you know, his roots might be shown at, at that point. Instead, I thought they give a fascinating description of why a special teams coach might be somebody to consider just because of the fact that a special teams coach, not only obviously is going to know the entire roster rather than just one part of it but but really explain why they would know the entire roster they're going to have to know which players are going to be on used on offense on, on defense which players are going to be basically asked to be as part of the, the practice squad um, that particular week who is going to be made active who is not and really understanding the balance there so uh, I again I thought that it just reinforced what you mentioned a moment ago, Corbin, that the Seahawks are going to be casting a very wide net to make sure that they get the best possible coach uh, to, to lead this team moving forward. And for anybody that is skeptical about a special teams coach finding success, just look at Baltimore. John Harbaugh was a special teams coach for a long time. There have been some really good head coaches with a special teams background. And the reasons Schneider pointed out certainly fit the bill. They do have to know the entire roster. And I think there's a lot of team building and leadership aspect that comes from special teams coaches as well. So they're going to continue to be more names that come out as the Seahawks try to fill this job. It doesn't sound like they're going to be rushing into this decision. They're going to take their time to make sure they land the right candidate. Could Ben Johnson be one of those candidates? We're going to be breaking down the rising Lions offensive coordinator in depth. That'll be coming up next year on our Tuesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. This episode is brought your way by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and most importantly for free. When I was a site manager at SI, LinkedIn Jobs was my go-to to post writing positions to land top candidates, and they made the process easy and seamless. I even was able to hire current Locked On Mariners host, 
Ty Gonzalez at one point. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, this process is intuitive. It's quick. It's easy. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined, as always, by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s that is listening in. It makes Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Make sure to check out Locked On's 24-7 national sports streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you with 24-7 coverage from the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. The Seahawks, for the first time since 2009, are searching for a new head coach with Pete Carroll stepping into an advisory role after 14 seasons. We just talked about this. John Schneider, he is throwing out a wide net. Already eight candidates that have been reported or requested interviews. And by my count, four of those guys currently have interviews that are scheduled. So the Seahawks have been able to set up a number of interviews. They are well on their way here. One of the names today that was revealed as a requested interview, the Seahawks are going to be far from the only team trying to get Ben Johnson. And for good reason, you want to talk about an ascending young gun. Dan Campbell gets a lot of the credit as he deserves for turning the Lions into a viable threat in the NFC, but Ben Johnson has turned the Lions offense into the, one of the most potent in the entire NFL. The Seahawks, even though they beat them each of the last two years, they gave up a lot of points in both those games, and they've seen Jared Goff thrive, turn into a top 10, maybe even a top five quarterback in Ben Johnson's offense. They run the football as well as anybody, finished fifth in rushing yards this year. So, Rob, you look at the fit here. This is a guy that likes to run the football, they run a lot of under center. They were second in the league in play action attempts. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why Seahawks fans would be licking their chops about the prospects of bringing Ben Johnson as a head coach, even though he has never been a head coach at any level. Yeah, but it's still, he is, uh, as you said, one of the fastest rising uh, coaching candidates in, in all of the NFL. And a big part of that is because Detroit Lions offense is, you know, has been absolutely one of the biggest stories in the league over the last couple of seasons. Um, you referenced Jared Goff, of course, former number one overall selection by the Los Angeles Rams. Everybody knows that the Rams traded, uh, you know, Jared Goff to get Matthew Stafford. They win the Super Bowl and, you know, Jared Goff at, at times looked like a guy that was just going to be a guy and not going to be the, somebody who's going to be able to lead a team to a great deal of success. But um, in part due to Ben Johnson's tutelage as the offensive coordinator, as the play caller, um, Jared Goff has taken off. The, you know, and he is absolutely playing his best football. Um, he is playing with confidence. He is uh, throwing the ball all over the all over the field. Um, but it's not just the quarterback position. Again, you referenced the offensive line. That that's the thing that gets me most excited about. It. I mean, I've been kind of pounding the table for the 
Seahawks to get back to the the pound and ground kind of a of a rushing attack that uh, the Detroit Lions absolutely have, and uh, they have allocated a lot of resources along the offensive line. They've got a dynamic running back now, and in, in Jameer Gibbs as well as David Montgomery, and that one-two punch that's kind of similar to what the Seahawks have, of course, and um, in in, uh, in Kenneth Walker the third and in Zach Charbonnet. Um, they also have a dynamic receiver, Almond Rossi Brown, that was a you know was not a first-round selection, and yet still has produced uh, as the the level that you would expect of a top. 10 top 15 type of a of a draft pick of course the seahawks while they use this first round selection on jackson smith and jigba tyler lockett was the first round pick dk metcalf wasn't the first round pick it's just there are so many different elements of what the detroit lions do that i think you can you know kind of close your eyes and imagine the silver and blue that is detroit coming back to the silver and blue that is the seattle seahawks i think that ben johnson could duplicate some of the success that he's had with the lions bring it over to seattle and you could see the Seahawks offense humming just as highly as you've seen the Lions the last couple of seasons. And I've seen a few of our listeners, and this is an astute observation. I'm going to throw this out here right now. When you look at the personnel groupings that the Detroit Lions run, they run 63.7% of their plays in 11 personnel, which is actually just 16th in the NFL right now. But they are 14th in the league in 21 personnel. They use two backs as much as anybody in the league, they are in the top 13 in 13 personnel. So they really mix up their personnel groupings well. I see some similarities and a few of our listeners, again, you're very astute for noticing this. There are some similarities to Shane Waldron. The Seahawks last year were in the top three in 13 personnel usage, where the difference is, however, using the two backs. And the Lions have been as effective doing that as any team in the league with that pair of running backs that they've got in the backfield now with Montgomery and Gibbs, they have maximized two very different runners in that offense as runners and receivers. And so I do think that there are some stark differences there. And this is a team, both the Seahawks and the Lions were near the top of the league in motion usage. So the Lions mixed that up. They were near the bottom in shotgun. They run a lot of plays under center. So that is a bit of a change up from what we've seen with Shane Waldron in Seattle. But there are some breaths of fresh air in terms of the scheme here. And I think you have seen an OC in Detroit that really has maximized the players that he's got. He looked at what the Rams did with Jared Goff, a lot of that under center stuff. They were second in the league in play action opportunities. You want to talk about a quarterback that thrives in play action, Geno Smith. I just feel like the personnel groupings that the Seahawks will be able to throw out there on the field offensively next year, the quarterback that they've got. Ben Johnson has shown that he can cater an offense to that skill set to near perfection. That's why the Lions have one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. And you can make an argument that the Seahawks, in terms of raw talent, have a more explosive offensive roster than what the Lions do. That's not to say that they're a better group, but you've got DK Metcalf, you've got Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Ken Walker III. This team has got a ton of athletes at the skill positions that a coach like Ben Johnson, you would think this would be a job that he would be really excited about with what he has done in Detroit with the players they've got and what he could potentially do in Seattle. Oh, 100% agree with you. And uh, again, two other things that I really like uh, about Ben Johnson and why I think that he could have success um, if put in charge of the Seahawks 
team and of course their offense specifically is uh you know in one way in which i think that he is very different than what we have seen from shane waldron is the utilization of the tight end um you know the lions made the selection of sam laporter rookie who for my money is it was as good as just about any offensive rookie all season long with a you know a tip of the cap of course to cj stroud the dynamic quarterback with the houston texans but sam laporter has been Phenomenal. I mean, if you watch the the playoff game, the victory over the LA Rams, uh, you know, Laporta had a touchdown in that game, and and he was a spectacular player. The the Seahawks, as we you and I have talked about, feels like for years now. Um, the Seahawks have talent, the tight end position, but very few of those players are actually signed for next season. And so, whoever is brought in as a Seahawks head coach, I do hope that they incorporate the tight end more and. Still kind of on that same vein with Laporta. And again, I mentioned the, the running back, Jameer Gibbs, the ability to incorporate young players into your offense. Now, I think you got to give some credit to Pete Carroll, to Shane Waldron, in the way that Jackson Smith and Jigba specifically did get better and better as the season went on. But I think that is going to be one of the real themes that we're going to be talking about about all these coaching candidates, Corbin, is the fact that they did not just go with um, the veterans there. Each of these eight play, eight coaches that uh, the Seahawks have been linked to at this point all have some rookie or second-year players that have essentially fueled the success of these coaching candidates and where they are now. And again, when you have as young of a, of a roster as the Seahawks have, I believe John Schneider said they have the fourth youngest team in all of the NFL right now, then that bodes well for anybody who is able to uh, coax the talent out of young football players. Yeah, you you look at the Lions and it feels like Ben Johnson. A lot of those young players that have been it have been by choice. The next coach that we're going to be talking about, Raheem Morris with the Rams. A lot of the young players that played for him this year, it wasn't really by choice. It was by necessity with all the free agents that they had that left. And somehow the Rams had a solid defense for most of the season and made the playoffs. We're going to look at Morris, who has been an interview request for the Seahawks. We'll look at a defensive coach coming up next year on our Tuesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. This episode is brought your way by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are officially underway. We get the divisional round coming up this next weekend. There's still plenty of time to get in the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that you can find in the Parlay Hub, including spreads for the upcoming divisional round games, player props such as what Baker Mayfield is going to do in the divisional round against the Lions, over-unders, and much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I know we come to sports to escape from the realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin, and this is a scary prospect. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my wife or one of my family members gets sick and there's a supply chain issue that keeps them from life-saving medication they need. Thankfully, with Jace Medical, everybody's going to be okay. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, whether it's UTIs, skin infections, 
respiratory infections, among others. This stuff can happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. This is your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined for today's show by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there. Thank you for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week, whether it's regular season, playoffs, or in this case, the offseason. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you. The Seahawks are in the midst of their first coaching search since 2009 when Jim Mora Jr. was fired and they eventually hired Pete Carroll. The rest is history. They get their first Super Bowl, a bunch of playoff appearances, but all great things come to an end. And Seattle is now transitioning into a new era, and they're trying to figure out who is going to be the coach that's going to lead them into that new era. We just talked about one of the young offensive minds out there. Let's transition to one of the veteran coaches. Now, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Raheem Morris is not an old man. We're not talking about a 70-year-old coach trying to take over the Seahawks defense and as a head coach, but he has been a head coach in the league, and it was more than a decade ago when he was a youngster in Tampa Bay. He did have a 10-win season there. The following year, they regressed tremendously, and then he was fired. He's been an interim coach in Atlanta. Ironically, the year that Dan Quinn was fired, he took over as the interim coach for the Falcons. So Raheem Morris comes into this head coaching search with plenty of experience being the head man. And Pete Carroll struggled in his first couple of tenures as a coach. And we saw what happened in Seattle. Maybe Raheem Morris can be that next guy. And Rob, you look what he did this year in L.A. They were 19th in scoring defense, which might not seem impressive. But when you consider Bobby Wagner went back to the Seahawks, they lost Leonard Floyd. They lost Greg Gaines, Sean Robinson, Taylor Rapp. They lost Jalen Ramsey, who they traded away. I mean, they lost so much talent on that defense that was on the Super Bowl team a few years ago. And yet they were 19th with a bunch of unheralded youngsters that basically were thrown into the lineup by necessity. And I think for that reason, Raheem Morris absolutely deserves to be on the radar for the Seahawks. Yeah, not only the radar of the Seahawks, Corbin, I think that he will be an NFL head coach again during this hiring cycle. Uh, You know, I have a great deal of respect for Raheem Morris for his, uh, the head coach, of course, that he works for right now, Sean McVay. And as I said in a a prior Locked on Seahawks podcast, I I threw out the idea that I think Seattle and any other NFL team, frankly, should be uh, pestering the Pittsburgh Steelers about possibly making a trade for their head coach, Mike Tomlin. Well, at least in an article that I read from Jarrett Bell of USA Today, and I've known Jarrett for, for 20 years, so I have full confidence that he knows this for a fact, that he wrote about it in an, in an article on Raheem Morris, and he claimed that Mike Tomlin has said that Raheem Morris is the best coach in the NFL that is not currently employed as a head coach. And when you consider that uh, strong endorsement, when you consider these words that Sean McVay was quoted in that exact same article about Raheem Morris, I think that it just kind of speaks to the, uh, the respect that some of the best coaches in the NFL have about this man. Um, and as you said, he is kind of that middle age when it comes to coaches, 47. 
27 years old. He is not a spring chicken, but at the same time, he is far from, uh, you know, somebody that is going to have to worry about his longevity in the NFL. This is that quote from McVay. It says, quote, we always talk about trying to help guys reach and realize their highest potential. I think we're seeing a lot of growth and development from a lot of people that he has an influence on, and it certainly isn't exclusive to just the defense. Raheem influences this whole building. That, to me, kind of goes back to what that John Schneider was talking about. That is a directive from the owner, Jody Allen, about that you want to maintain the culture of uh, what the Seahawks have built under Schneider and, of course, Pete Carroll. Uh, I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to uh, to go to a lot of different NFL training camps due to my work with the BC Lions. I was at the LA Rams training camp. I saw Raheem Morris in person coaching up some of these youngsters. And, you know, just the enthusiasm with which he coaches, the camaraderie that he helps create, um, it, it's it's infectious. There is no doubt about it. So I am a big fan uh, of Raheem Morris. I think that he would be a nice fit in, in Seattle or, again, somewhere else. And, again, it, there's going to be all kinds of statistics out there that suggest that the Rams were, you know, kind of a mediocre defense this season. Uh, I'll tell you this. I mean, I think that the average fan, if you were to say, name me two players other than Aaron Donald, on the L.A. Rams defense, I think a lot of people out there would struggle. Um, but the, the way that the Rams played this season, I mean, they were as hot as any team in the NFL down the stretch. Obviously, they were 2-0 against the Seahawks. Um, and a huge part of that was the play of their defense. I mean, it's virtually a no-name defense, and yet they made big play after big play all season long. And we began the conversation, of course, Corbin, talking about, you know, will John Schneider prioritize an offensive mind coach, a defensive mind coach, a special teams coach? That's the thing about Raheem Morris. Not only does he have the experience, as you mentioned, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was the youngest head coach in the NFL at that point, just 32 years old. He's learned some things. He also has a very strong defensive background. He coached offense for four years with the Atlanta Falcons. And so, again, this is about as well-rounded of a coach as it possibly can get. Uh, I applaud the Seahawks, frankly, for um, exploring this opportunity because I think not only are do I think he's going to be an excellent coach, Again, um, I also think that uh, it's always fun if you can steal from an opponent and make your team that much better. From a schematic standpoint, he would be an interesting fit too. Uh, starting on the coverage side of things, at least last year with the Rams, the Rams were first in the NFL in cover three usage. So some 12s are going to be sitting there like, oh no, that's what the Seahawks have been doing throughout the Pete Carroll era. It's time for us to move on from that. But the Rams also were in the top five in cover six usage. And so they did mix and match some of the stuff they did. And I think there were some coverage limitations with some of the young guys that they were playing this year, particularly in the secondary. So you may look at those coverage numbers and say, oh, this looks like too much like what Pete Carroll's defense was. But I think if you watch the way the Rams play, it is not the same exact defense. And I think the biggest difference when you look at the Seahawks under Pete Carroll compared to a Raheem Morris defense Look no further than the blitz, stunt, and sim pressure numbers. The Rams were 12th in blitzes, so they weren't a team that blitzed like Wink Martindale, but on passing downs, they blitzed almost 37% of the time this last year. That's the eighth highest rate. They ran stunts on seventh most percentage of plays, sixth on pass plays, and sim pressures. This seems to be a theme here. We talked about Mike McDonald last week. Mike McDonald and the Ravens are number one in sim pressures. Guess who's number three? The Rams. 
it looks like the Seahawks are looking for some defensive minds that are going to bring some more disguise elements to this defense. And that stem pressures, not knowing who's going to be coming when, from what level the defense, disguising your coverage is up. The Rams did that a lot more than what the Seahawks did this past season, disguising their intentions before the snap. It looks like they are looking for a shakeup defensively that way more so than the types of coverages that are being ran and just how aggressive that the defense is. And I think that is a change that has to happen. This defense has just been too predictable. And that's one of the reasons that offenses have been able to torch them for big chunks in the last five years, quite frankly. Well, it's not only because they're predictable. It's because the Seahawks just don't make tackles. I mean, this is a team that struggled with so many broken tackles. And we sound like a broken record, um, you know, all season long, bemoaning just the the lack of takedown ability. You mentioned, uh, you know, the Baltimore Ravens and, and the Rams, and you have all these incredible statistics out there that, you know, I, I my brain can't compute all that. I just watch the tape and I see two of the more physical and more sound tackling teams in all of the NFL. That's why I'm not at all surprised to see the Seahawks be focusing on those two defensive coordinators, at least theoretically, um, because we don't know for sure that they have uh, focused on Montgomery yet, but or excuse me, McDonald yet. Um, but uh, they but still with Raheem Morris, certainly um, one of the more sound uh, tackling teams in all of the NFL. As always, you can follow me on X and threads at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rang. Subscribe and follow Locked on Seahawks on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to continue looking into coaching candidates, offense and defense. We're also going to discuss which players may have the most weight bearing on who gets hired for this upcoming season. You won't want to miss it. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, and thanks for listening in. Go Hawks.